Welcome everyone to the Breast Hustle Podcast, where we talk all things women, women in business, leadership and women's health. Hosted by Rachel Whittaker, owner and amazing inventor of the one-handed bra, Bra Easy. A podcast where she shares her journey on building a lingerie brand with a difference. And now, here's your host, Rachel. Welcome back everyone to the Breast Hustle Podcast with me, Rachel Whittaker. And I hope you've had an amazing week because I've had an amazing week. I had uh, my daughter say to me the other day, so mum, what's it like to have the most fantastic daughter in the world? And I said, I don't know, go and ask your grandmother. So this week I wanted to talk about the glass ceiling, the glass ceiling that we have for women. And I've done a bit of research on this, so I hope that this uh, this podcast today is going to be interesting for you. When I researched about the most powerful female CEOs around, I was pretty surprised with the average age of those CEOs. And these are women who are CEOs of YouTube and In-N-Out Burger and AMD, Lockheed Martin, Bumble, General Motors, IBM, the Rosewood Hotel Group, Heineken USA and Oracle. When I looked at the average age of all of those women, it was all 50 plus. So does that mean that we have to wait till we get to 50 before we're given or even considered for these roles? I know much younger men who are CEOs of companies that are well under 50. Have you thought about the companies that you work for? Are you a CEO of your business? And how, what's, your, what's the average age that you've seen other female CEOs in place doing this? It's um, surprising to me. And one story that I wanted to tell you, I live in Australia, which you're all aware of, in Melbourne. And so we have the head office of Australia Post here in Melbourne. And recently there was a huge uh, furor about something that the CEO, who was a female leader, had done. So let me give you some comparisons so I can show you the disparity about what a male gets and what a female gets and how a female's considered compared to how a male's considered. So in 2010, Ahmed Fahor, for, 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 I need to go work out how to say his surname, Ahmed, who was in charge as the CEO of Australia Post, he started with a massive salary package and the government in 2010, although I don't think they really liked it, they understood that they needed to do that to uh, get somebody of his calibre in to make a change and build the business. Australia Post is one of the only postal services in the world where our government does not put any money in to help support that organisation, even though it's a government-run business. So there's a lot of pressure on the CEOs to perform really well and bring in the business to build Australia Post and make it a profitable entity. In 2016, the government decided that what they were paying him was way too much. He started with a $5.6 million salary. His replacement was Christine Holgate, fantastic woman leader. If you've ever had the opportunity to see her speak, 
She is an amazing inspiration to all women. She is reserved and dignified and a really beautiful, beautiful person. So when you look at when they brought her on board, they paid her $2.75 million as her salary. So 5.6 to 2.75. Are they saying that she was worth less? I don't know. I don't know why she would agree to it. She came from another big organisation where I'm sure she was paid well. If that's the that's the the norm in that arena, that as a woman you're going to get paid less for the same job. The company was no smaller than when the previous incumbent had left. And over the period of four years, it seems to be that four years, the government has a problem with the CEO of Australia Post by the looks of it. There was a big hullabaloo about she had purchased four watches for uh, four uh, senior leaders who had made an amazing contribution to Australia Post, working seven days a week for over a year. These watches in total value were $20,000. They decided, the board... And then the government, who stepped in later, decided that she shouldn't have done that. She wasn't allowed to do that. She wasn't allowed to make a decision to give somebody a $3,000 watch, regardless of what they were doing and why they deserved it. When Ahmed left, he was looked at as the, the government was questioning his value and his integrity. When they said to Christine, you shouldn't have done that. They started to bully her. They told her she needed to stand down and hand in her resignation whilst they were investigating. Who gets asked to resign before the investigation has actually been completed? It's a bizarre circumstance. And in the end, she did resign. She was paid out a measly million dollars. When Ahmed left... He took with him, (laughs) I have to look at the number because it's just incredible, $10.8 million. So again, the disparity, not only from a wage perspective, but how they were treated. And when when men are questioned about their ethics and their authenticity and their value, they can't come out and say, I was bullied. Because people would look down on it. It's not okay to say, for a man to say, use the term bully. But yet for a woman, they were doing the same thing that they did to Ahmed, to Christine, and she was bullied. So I wonder why we look and we term these things differently. If it's a female, then we say that they were bullied. And if it's a male, we try and make another excuse. I don't see the... the, the the fairness, and I don't understand because when you put a term like that on somebody, it sticks to that person. So people are going to look at her as being the person that was bullied. But I love what she did next. She she went and she got a job as the CEO for the competition. So she's going to now put all of those things in place that Australia Post had the opportunity to undertake and go forward with into a different company who's going to be competition for Australia Post. 
So I guess that's going to be her revenge, to make the new business that she's a part of, that she's the CEO, into an amazing organisation that's profitable. So I'd love to know your thoughts on why do we do this? Why do the media look at everybody and say, well, he's a guy, so we can't possibly say he was bullied? But yet he was. Have a think about it. If you were a man, you're not bullied. But yes, you really are. And if you're a woman, you're bullied for everything. But that's not the case, is it? This is my reflections for the week and I don't know if it's going to add value to you and I understand that the glass ceiling is still there and we need to break through that. But we also need to control the messaging so that we don't get classified as being bullied when somebody else does the wrong thing. The investigation into that case by the government in the end said she was bullied. And they shouldn't have asked her to, to, to leave the position. But who wants to work for a business that that sort of thing goes on by the government when you have the Prime Minister of Australia taking <laughs> exception to something that a woman has done? It's just, yeah, inexcusable. I can't understand and I'm still trying to come to terms and grasp it. And if a woman leader is seen as strong then they give them other terms. But yet men are allowed to be strong and nobody looks twice at it. These are my thoughts for the week, but I hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. If you want to see more, subscribe to all our channels and thank you again for watching. This is Rachel and I'll talk to you later.